0: Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hello, peoples. This is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And today I'm on with Vanessa. Vanessa and I are going to talk about how to get started doing DIY videos, using LinkedIn, maybe using Dub, using tech that you probably already have and how to attract clients and ultimately more revenue for your business. So this is relevant for small businesses. This is relevant for large businesses. Uh, Vanessa, let's get into this. Tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit of a bio, and then the problem that you're trying to solve here.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me, first off. Yeah. And uh, so I run a video production agency and I, I have for the past five years been helping corporate clients with their marketing, internal communications and e-learning video content. So, so that's been our, our bread and butter and our focus. And over the years, we just noticed that there was a need to create content in a more cost-effective way. And the interesting thing is, in some cases it was smaller businesses who wanted to do recurring content for social, but even we've seen interest from larger companies or even you know the middle tier companies who wanna do content and the budget just isn't there. So it really, it's in companies of all sizes that there's just a need to create more consistent content and content for different marketing internal comms and e-learning purposes. So it was really at the end of last year that we my business partner and I started thinking about how we can help this specific market and we recognize that we all have smartphones they all uh you know nowadays all the recent ones have the ability to film in hd and in some cases 4k so why not utilize what we all have in our pocket and with a few other tools and the know-how to use those tools people can actually create some pretty great content so that's when we kind of started on this journey of figuring out what sort of offering that we could supply to business owners and sales professionals to help them and I will say covid kind of almost struck at the the right time for us because then we just started diving in I started creating weekly linkedin videos to tell my network that I this is what I can help them with and started doing one-on-one coaching over the last 5 months and from that, we have kind of honed in on this offering, which is we're helping uh, individuals create their own content with their smartphone. the The focus is really on thought leadership style content, so um, focusing a little bit more in the B two B market, where they have you know services with lots of insights to be able to share and, and really showcase their expertise, and then attract clients that way. And it's it's really not focused on like push marketing content, but more pull content that's attracting people to want to know more about you and want to stay tuned into your content
0: nice that makes total sense i think you're solving such a tremendously important problem and and really an opportunity for people there's kind of two things that come to my mind which i i'd like to understand how you kind of solve so the first thing is how can folks get out of this mindset this 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 imposter syndrome mindset where if they are creating videos if they are putting stuff on linkedin that they can feel authentic, that they can feel comfortable do, doing so. And, and also have you know, the folks around them, let's just say and they're in a team environment, also feel comfortable. Because I know what happens a lot of the times is that if someone decides to be a creator and to start to put stuff on LinkedIn, there's the comments that happen in the beginning. Like, oh, what are you like a radio host now? Are you like a video person? Like, where did that come from? And there's like these uh, initial kind of comments Ooh. that come. And then of course the person some people just stop. They're like, you know what, that just felt weird. And other folks kind of persevere on and then of course get the benefits. So uh, how would you respond to
1: that? Well, you know, what comes to mind is that when I started in my career, I was not in sales, but I kind of developed into a sales position being a video producer. And I always looked at sales as like you know, cheesy tactics and, you know, I thought used car salesmen. And then I recognize that sales is really about helping people. So I think when it comes to creating content, especially the type that, you know, I'm promoting, it's really about wanting to help your audience. So if you are go at it and you're, you are creating kind of, you know, sleazy marketing, like, look at me, this is what I can help you with. And don't get me wrong. We, we still produce those types of videos that are meant for sales pages or are meant for, you know, specific needs. But when it comes to social, it's about showcasing your expertise. Yes. Being authentic and uh, and really just being a guy, being helpful. And I think when you really focus on that at the end of the day, the response that you receive then from your audience who says, oh my God, I took that piece of advice that you gave me and I went and applied it and it, it helped me so much. That's where, you know, you really recognize that what you're doing is making a difference and you can continue forward. And, and, and kind of related to this topic, I will say that something that surprised me a little bit, but looking back, it really shouldn't have surprised me because you know, we, we all are like this Um, when I was working and coaching with people, I thought the technical skills would be, you know, the hardest thing for, for people to, to get over, but the technical skills, you know people with practice can figure out um but it was really the performance that most people struggled with and i think a lot of it is just about practice and about putting yourself out there reviewing what you did and then improving next time because you know, as the old adage goes, you're never going to be as good on your first time as you will on your 20th time. So like with anything, it takes practice, it takes time to get comfortable. Um, But once you, you know, start getting into it, you will get more comfortable, and you will get more confident. And then your content is only going to get better and better.
0: Mm. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, being a guide, you know, and there's, there's a lot of literature that's come out recently on this idea of, the 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 prospect the customer they are the hero and then we are simply the guide we are the people that are taking them to the promised land you know building a brand story uh that's one kind of text that i think is relevant to this have you developed a a sort of process or a philosophy um that can make that can allow people to kind of make sense of how video can turn into brand lift can turn into you know warming up prospects can turn into relationships can turn into sales i mean have you have you sort of mapped mapped out that process in, in some capacity to make it more understandable
1: yeah, I mean, with what I'm I'm doing, I am coaching one on one. So I think it's a um, a little bit different person to person, industry to industry, depending on who you're targeting, depending how long your your typical con- conversion rate might be. Um, so for example, we're working with some people that are in the B2C space that the conversion might be quicker and they might just be putting out, you know, little uh, content to get people to want to then go to their e-commerce page to then buy something immediately versus somebody like myself who typically, um, you know, projects are in the thousand dollar range and I'm just trying to get people to keep me in mind keep me see me on a regular frequent basis know that i'm an expert Uh, so when something happens down the road it might not be today and it might not be next month but a few months down the road or i've even found years down the road people will come back to me because i'll still be top of mind for them so um, i think it does again depend on your industry and depend on you know your your own kind of business conversion rate and things like that but um, in general they're beyond just creating the content there are a lot of marketing initiatives that are needed to make sure that the whole process goes smoothly so I do talk to clients about you know the distribution of their content the best times to post uh, how to try and get more you know comments and attention for their content by tagging friends or tagging associates who might be interested in this to try and push it out further as well as making the most use of your content so once you have it you've spent all this time and energy creating something let's get the most use out of it so posting it both on you know your various social channels as well as potentially maybe it's a resource tab on your website that, that you then you know link all these videos to or you know commonly asked question videos that you post um maybe adding it as a um of your email signature or if you get asked a question by a prospect sending it out to them so really to kind of just thinking about all of the ways that you can capitalize on this content and make the most use out of it
0: that makes sense to me Uh, one of the things that i think about when we when we think about uh you know creating a process getting a content calendar getting onto a schedule Mm -hmm. figuring out ways to repurpose content is how long is it going to take to monetize these efforts you know a lot of people are frustrated by that because social media doesn't have an immediate ROI that's just not the way that it works I mean if it does for you maybe you got lucky but that's not something that has to be repeatable uh, or can be repeatable you know rather social is 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 having a garden you're constantly feeding it you're constantly nurturing and pruning and building it out and attracting people organically so my question for you is you know how can how can creators get into a mindset of knowing that hey listen this is a long-term investment? And then if I stick with this for three months, six months, 12 months, two years, whatever that number is, uh, that I'm ultimately going to see more lift, more conversions, you know, better engagement than than anything more traditional or salesy could have brought me.
1: Yeah, well, it's it, it, like like you said, social media is like that. SEO is like that. We all know SEO is an investment. Sponsorship is like that. You know, it's it's you know, you're not investing in sponsorship for an immediate um ROI, it's more of a long term brand lift. Um, And yeah, I think you do just have to be aware that it is an investment of your time and your energy. But at the end of the day, once you start getting a few comments, you start getting some interest from people, you really start seeing the value. And I know personally for myself, I can say during the, um, the pandemic and actually during the lockdown here in uh, in Toronto, Canada, we were not able to film anything in phase one. And as I mentioned, it was right at the start of the, uh, the lockdown that I started creating these weekly videos using my smartphone and within um, about six weeks of doing these videos, somebody reached out to me for a project, an animation project that we didn't have to film and we were able to uh, to do for him um, all virtually. And that was from a contact that was in my LinkedIn network that I had met once extremely briefly walking out of out of an event about a year to a year and a half ago. So somebody who was already in my network, but we hadn't really communicated too much. Um, but clearly once I started putting out consistent content, I was top of mind to him and then he reached out with this project. So again, for myself, I can you know speak to the fact that it has been a benefit to me. And I know with other clients that I've been coaching, they have been got, getting you know really good response from the videos that they do. And one tip that I, I will mention that I give to a lot of people is when you're starting a, um, you know, a video sort of campaign or an ongoing series, you may want to put out an initial video that sort of announces to your network what you're doing, and you can, you know, do that again in tandem with an email campaign and, uh, and and reaching out to kind of your network to let them know because. Number one, your network that's already engaged with you is, is the most likely to initially engage with your content. And then once they engage, then it starts spreading out wider. And I think the very first video I always recommend just really being open and honest of why you're starting this video. The series of what you hope to um, to give to your followers and your viewers, what you hope to get out of it, and I've seen really great reaction to that type of content. People usually, especially you know, the ones in your network, are cheering you on and and you know, being real uh, encouraging to keep moving forward. So I think once you do something like that, you get a bit of motivation, and then you you stick with it. And then once you land a client uh, that came specifically through a video that you posted or because somebody. Pass your name along, and then they reach out to you through a LinkedIn DM. It's really exciting, and then it all feels like it's worth it.
0: Yeah, that's that's that is so true. You're so right about that. It's it's. I think sometimes it's difficult to get the quote unquote attribution of video content on social, uh, but you kind of know when a client comes in and says, "Hey, listen, I saw a video of you, you know, talking about X, Y, Z subject matter, and I really connected to that." It just everything just makes sense, and it all kind of links up. So, um, Mm -hmm. very very well said. Yeah. Uh, here's here's another one for you that I think uh, I deal with a lot. I used to deal with it a lot more in my kind of olden uh, uh, days of creating commercials and videos based on concepts. Uh, and the question is this, is that, you know, a lot of people either they could be green, they could be new in the, in the video space or they can be more seasoned. You know, they say, I have an idea for a video. You know, it's an animation, it's a live action, it's a commercial it's something feel good, it's a whatever, it's a spot, right? And you know that idea might come from something completely proprietary or it could come from some influence, something that they've seen that they want to kind of emulate. And there's this idea of what's in my mind and the cool factor of it. And then ultimately when it's made and produced and that reaction to it, am I disappointed by this? Is this not what I thought? Is this cheesy or tacky? And, And a lot of that is just that, you know, when we're optimists, we we sort of come up with an idea, and we truly want to believe in it, and that's what drives us forward. But then, when reality comes to us, especially if there's a limited budget and limited time, maybe it's a little bit of a disappointment. So, uh, you know, my question for you is: How can you help people to work on the the concepting for their videos so that ultimately they can be happy with their with their product?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one because it de- certainly is relatable to the video production work that we we do for corporate clients, and I think um, expectations uh, are really important to manage when it comes to video work because when it, anything creative, um, there is you probably know better than anyone that something that can look extremely simple can actually take a ton of time and a lot of money and energy to produce and then something else that um you know can have the opposite effect so you you can do something really great that's really really simple uh as well so it's about yes understanding expectations and what the reality of that is so if i saw um and this has happened to me i've seen Something that a client has shown me that looks like it's a hundred thousand dollar project and they have five thousand dollars to execute something similar. And so we need to kind of draw, you know, um, that in and, and make sure people understand what is realistic within the confines of what we're trying to do here. When it comes to DIY video, which is, you know, what we're, we're talking a little bit more about here today, that's why I really have been um, focused on the talking head style. Because when it comes to doing things that are, um, you know, B-roll focused, very visual, stock based, animation based, that's usually where budgets start increasing. So the idea of being able to create something on a consistent basis that is as cost-effective as possible, I think you are your, you know, sort of your best asset. Uh, you know, the, the information that you have inside your brain is what people are tuning in for. The production quality and you know, sort of the look and feel do come secondary. I do encourage clients to add branded elements because I think that helps kind of tie in um, the brand, but also add some professionalism. So there's, there's certain things that I'd recommend, but on average with the types of videos that I am encouraging, I do promote simple because I think usually you can make simple look better than trying to do something that is, you know, Kind of a crazy high expectation, and then it ends up not um, becoming what you you thought it could. At the end of the day, so I think if you are working with a production company, you know, like mine, it would I would say the onus would be on them to let you know whether the budget you have and what they're looking to do matches up. So again, sometimes when people come to us and they say, you know, we like this sample, we love seeing samples that so we get a sense of what the client likes and you know get some ideas. But um, at the end of the day, we, we, we do want to kind of steer them in the right direction. Also, that makes sense for their objectives, because sometimes you know, you'll get an example of something that you're like, that style or that formula works really great for that company and their vibe and, and what they're trying to accomplish, but you're trying to do X over here and, and that doesn't add up or make sense. So um, yeah, again, working with a, a production company, they should sort of help guide you to, to make sure that what you're doing is in line with budgets and objectives.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, I, I think when I think of, of this topic, I think of, um, you know, the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers were not the most. They were not the most funded group that were trying to get the first airplane to fly. They were maybe not the smartest, most educated uh, folks, you know, in this space. But what they had was they had simplicity. They were extremely agile. They were willing to take risks, risk their lives. Frankly, you know, they had some some very very stiff competition in the in the early days to kind of create that first airplane. You know, there was the story of uh, Glenn Curtis, which was a huge rivalry with the Wright brothers. There was uh, Samuel Langley. There was uh, Sir Maxim. There's a lot of people that were competing I with them. A
1: lot about this topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they all, all they ultimately won and. We all need to learn from that. We need to learn from the Wright brothers because they had the simplest aircraft mm. and they just were willing to take risks. They were willing to put themselves on the line. And I feel like it's the same thing, you know, with video. What we have that our competitors, especially if they're large companies, do not have is our ability to be authentic, our ability to be ourselves, our ability to actually put our mistakes out there in our content. <laughs> you yeah. know, to put our bloopers out there and to come up with quicker more agile faster ideas that we get data on and then we kind of figure out what works you know meanwhile our competitors are are obviously maybe more produced more money more time and then as a result less risk less data maybe less human connection so so that's cool. kind of my quick take on that yeah
1: yeah i definitely agree with that the the authenticity of putting yourself in front of the camera and just being relatable and just kind of Again, just trying to provide value at the end of the day. And to your point of sort of immediacy nowadays, especially with you know the environment that we're in, things are are rapidly changing and you know, from week to week, month to month. So being able to, you know, comment on something that happened a day ago and just, you know, quickly shooting a quick video and, and getting it out to your network, I think there's a a lot of benefit to that. And to your point. Larger companies typically aren't that agile and, and can't do that in the same way. So you can really, you know, get ahead of the curve by doing stuff like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. What would you What would you recommend to people that really want to get into a flow? This is kind of like going to the gym. It's like working out. You know, uh, if you don't have the self motivation to go and do this, it doesn't matter what membership you have. It doesn't matter what online subscription you app. You're just not going to do it. You're going to be the you know seventy to eighty percent of the people that just say, you know what, I'm over it. I'm done. <laughs> you know, my only exercise is going to be walking to the fridge. What? What would you recommend to folks to kind of get into a very self accountable uh, sort of workflow to to be able to say, hey, listen, every you know, every day I'm going to do I'm going to do X like what is that sort of mental mind map that people can pursue?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think what I do, and I do with a, a lot of things in my business, is I, I do set deadlines for myself because I think if I if I don't do that, then you know things can get away from you. You end up saying, "Oh, I'm so busy with X, Y, and Z," um, and and then you don't kind of commit to it. So for me, um, I had done that previously in my business. We would create content, and then you know put it out frequently and then you know you'd have a gap of time where you don't have anything so when the pandemic hit i just started committing myself to doing this weekly and i will say what i do recommend to clients is actually to make a commitment ideally once a month where you block off a day and uh if you can commit to that then you can prepare scripts in in my case especially with linkedin i find posting once a week is uh, a good a good amount um to, to to post because my content did stay fairly relevant and people do find it within, you know, numerous days later. So if you can create four scripts and then film four videos with different outfits in a one day period and then just create the, you know, the copy and post it throughout the month, I find that is um, usually the best way of doing it. Am I practicing what I preach currently? No, so currently I am filming every Wednesday and then posting every Thursday. And I've just gotten into this rhythm, but I do wanna start um, doing what I suggest to clients, which is blocking off a time, record in a chunk, and then I don't have to worry about it for the next month. And the thing I, I highly, highly suggest when it comes to content, because ideas are actually the hardest thing to come by. Filming it, not that difficult, but going about the process of knowing what to say, um, you know, does take a bit of thinking. So what I like to do is keep a running list because you might not sit down that one day that you have and just be inspired to, to come up with four great topic ideas. So I'm often inspired throughout my work week when I'm talking to clients on the phone or when I'm, you know, doing something like this and something comes up that I'm like, oh, that's something that I think my audience would really benefit from hearing about let me add that to my ongoing list or if I'm reading an article that sparks interest with me, Oh, there's a line here that I'm going to include in next video. I'm going to do a whole video on that topic. So I just have like an ongoing tally. And then whenever I um, am ready to write a script, I go to that, see which one inspires me the most that day. And then, uh, and then type up my script based off of that.
0: Okay so you mentioned script scripts, uh, scripts a couple of times and the thing that i've noticed is that sometimes when people deal with the script it becomes this crutch mm-hmm. where it actually holds them back because they get into maybe initially they get into a thing where they're reading off of a screen which is which is a whole thing because you people it's not authentic quote unquote you can maybe see you know and end viewers can see you know people's eyes moving so it's not really that much of a connection that can be made now of course A professional like yourself that's kind of learned how to do it with time you know it's going to obviously come off a lot more you know natural what 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 can you recommend to people that that want to either create an outline or some sort of a script on on how they can just deliver in a more natural way
1: so number one when i use the word script i to your point either mean fully fleshed out or an outline but I would say in the least you always want an outline because you always want to know where your content is going so I think you know if you were just inspired one day and you, you bring up your phone and were to talk off the cuff you know that's fine but I would say in general uh, I would have a sense of where you're going because you don't want to create videos that are just so free flowing that they don't have any structure and there's no hook at the beginning. There's no call to action at the end. People aren't walking away with something you know valuable that they can go and apply. So I, I do think that you do want to think um, about the structure. I do have a, a script outline um, that I've been promoting in my recent videos that I am offering for free to people to see, which basically kind of outlines those points. When it comes to using a teleprompter or not, um, again, I personally love using it. And what I do recommend to clients is you can, again, add drop points. It doesn't have to be a fully fleshed out script, but it could just be a few points with a bunch of spaces in between so that you kind of know where you're going with your content. The other thing that I um, I sometimes teach clients is that you could also think about recording in segments because if you are going to go into something where you're going to talk about you know three specific items, you could think about having title cards between so you don't have to go and record a two minute video all at once. You could record a series of thirty second segments and then add a transition or a title card between them, and that could be helpful as well. So again, it depends on people's comfort level. Um, You know, there might be some topics that you're more comfortable with than others. So some you might be, you know, totally free flowing with and others that there might be like really specific points, you want to make sure you hit like numbers or, or stats of something. Um, So I think it depends a little bit on the individual. And I totally agree with your point, you don't want to come across stiff, you don't want to come across like you're reading, you do want to be authentic. But what I try to do with my videos is make sure they're concise. And they're tight so i don't i don't want there to be too much time where i'm thinking about my next thought or um you know like i'm doing right now Um, so so yeah so that's why when i typically go to record i will outline what i want to say um in jot form and uh and then either record it in segments or i'll use a teleprompter
0: Very cool. That's great advice. Uh, Where can folks learn more about you, about your firm, uh, your social handle?
1: Yeah, so I mean, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. My name is Vanessa Holding. So it would just be linkedin.com slash Vanessa Holding and holding as in holding the phone or <laughs> anything like that. And then um, my company name is Arc and Crown Media. So Arc as in a narrative arc in a story and Crown as in royalty. And the idea there is story is king. And so that's where Ark and Crown comes from, and um, and yeah, you can uh, obviously find us on all the major social media networks.
0: Amazing. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. Um, these are some some great tips, and I look forward to to seeing more of your content on LinkedIn.
1: Thank you. Yeah, this was uh, really nice uh, chatting with you as well, and uh, look forward to staying in touch.
0: Thanks, Vanessa.